an episode of G.I. Joburg. We are not talking about Avengers Endgame. Algorithms be damned. Who cares about clickbait? We were always niche anyway. My name is Steve, and today I'm joined by JD. Hello, everybody. And of course, we got uh, my regular G.I. Joburg boys. What's up, Paulie? Ah, uh, not much. I'm good. I've seen Endgame. And that's uh. about it. <laughs> and Kujo. Indeed. Hailing from the West Coast. Uh, it's good to be alive, guys. So in the face of uh, Avengers just dominating everything right now, we're going we're gonna to take a little uh, a hot tub time machine of our own <laughs> uh, back to the early 90s and talk about eco-warriors. But before we do that, it's been a while since uh, JD's graced us with his presence. In fact... The last time we spoke was probably Jocon, dude. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. last time I was on the show was shortly-ish before Jocon, and then I finally got to meet you guys at Jocon, and that was an absolute blast. And then I was, oh, I was so dying to be on G.I. Joburg again. I actually bugged Steve a couple weeks ago <laughs> in the messenger saying, oh, can I please be on the show again? I missed it. <laughs> well, if we are talking so, eco-warriors... Who better to have on the show than a man who's actually inked himself in tribute <laughs> to a 90s subset? I mean, you take it to the next level, yep. dude. Yeah, I've got a tattooed around my arm, including a couple of my own fanfiction characters that I created to join the Eco Warriors. Oh, you beauty. I am that brand of nerd. Why don't you, for the benefit of the listeners, uh, just run us down who you've got, who you're branded with, who are your characters? Okay. Uh, even though Airtight was not officially an eco-warrior, because I have no idea why he wasn't in the toy line as an eco-warrior, but mm. he's there. Uh, all the official eco-warriors are there. Uh, Barbecue, Flint, Ozone, Clean Sweep, Deep Six, and then uh, the characters that were intended to be eco-warriors and then weren't out back in Snowstorm, and then a couple of my own characters that are named Antitox and Free Air, both of which were names that were scrawled on some of the design sketches for uh, the eco-warriors. So I kind of built characters using those code names. Whoa, deep cuts. Um, yeah. If memory serves, you didn't go with the eco-warriors version of Deep Six. You got a personal axe to grind there? No, I just really, really, really liked the 1989 version of Deep Six. Mm. And I, I, I was never convinced. Uh, I mean, it's a classic figure. I mean, you mm -hmm. want to talk about uh, you want to talk about a winner of a redesign? They did everything right with that figure. And then I don't have anything against the Eco Warriors version of Deep Six, except <laughs> but you that you do have something against the 1984 version of Deep Six. No, 
Um, it's a hunk of crap. So is this vehicle. But anyways, Shut up. Um, no, you know what? You know, the shark is probably in my top five currently. I know when you're weird. Um, I just got a uh, night, a nightshade. I'm for, sorry. I just got um, a nightshade for like, like, like cents on the dollar. It was, it was. Wait, wait, you purposely pickup. bought it? It's not like <laughs> it's not like somebody you bought something off eBay and they just threw it in. The- well, it, it actually was just thrown in. Like someone, someone was oh, selling. See, there we go. They were selling a tiger shark. It wasn't on eBay. It was on Singapore's answer to eBay <laughs> called Carousel, which I highly recommend if anyone's visiting that that island nation. Carousel is amazing because you don't actually uh, use PayPal or any kind of online way of transferring funds and you don't use any postal service because it's all singapore based you just take the 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 metro or the subway to wherever the seller is you meet up in a park somewhere cash for goods like right there and then you can you can inspect the stuff if you don't like it you don't have to take it otherwise you know wow there's nothing there's nothing scary or shady about that idea Brother, you need to experience this <laughs> island, man. Singapore, everyone plays nice. It's clean. It's safe. It's yeah. It's uh, it's La La Land. It really is. But I mean, I can't knock it. I come from Africa, where yeah, you most definitely <laughs> wouldn't be safe. At least in your part of the world, your chances are fifty-fifty that you're dealing with someone dodgy or you're dealing with someone good. Uh, yeah, my part of the world. I go out so often after dark, uh, catching Pokemon and Pokemon Go. I'm not afraid of anything. But Good man. Good uh, man. yeah, see, I'm that brand of nerd too. Oh yeah, my kid started me on, and I'm addicted to the game. I can't help it. Shiny. I don't have a problem. You have a problem. Um, so no, you know what? Eco Warriors Deep Six is fine. I never got the sense that figure was supposed to be Deep Six. I always felt like they just kind of mm, put the name on there, and I think it was supposed to be somebody else. But whatever. <laughs> um, now, now the tattoo, the rest of it, uh, it is that version of Outback in the spelunking helmet, and yeah. it is that version of Barbecue because I really liked him with the faceplate. Um, but Airtight is a classic Airtight because, well, you can't mess with perfection. Perfect yellow. So I did a little bit of digging, and in my research, like, I took a look at Barbecue, and that version, I mean, I first encountered that with that sculpt second use, which was as, as Payload, but it makes oh, a great... Oh, Star Brigade, yeah. Yeah, it makes a great deal of sense as a firefighter's outfit, but here's something that's really strange. Uh, it says that he's got a handy snap-off visor. It says that. Those are the exact words in the file card but of course it was total supposed tease. to be was it supposed to flip it up? was supposed to be i think a quality no i think it was supposed to be outright removable a lot like the visor that blocker had and uh the visor that uh cold front had but i think they realized that the plastic was brittle and <clears throat> for the sake of quality control i think they just decided to uh to actually just fasten it in there because they didn't want it getting lost the way oh well even cloudburst the same year his yeah. his, his goggles were removable good luck finding a cloudburst on the secondary market now with the goggles and not paying through the nose for it yep. um so yes it was intended to come out but it just didn't work out that way and that was okay because that worked too when they made it into a star brigade figure they didn't have to worry about the face behind it. 
And that's an easy story, because if you look at the back of the Star Brigade packages, it is the version one payload sculpt painted, uh, you know, hand painted in the black and green that they used. Mm. But they discovered that the mold was broken and completely unrecoverable. So they had to quickly find a figure that they could substitute as payload because he was already due to come out. Oh, man. Breaking that sculpt is a huge loss to us all. I mean, that's... That was the best astronaut sculpts, man. Bar none. You could just have the whole Star Brigade in that sculpt with just head swaps and, like, pilot, pilot swaps. I think they may have done that because I really think a lot of that line was supposed to be uh, payload. payload sculpt, the General Hawk sculpt, yeah. you know, from the jetpack. Yeah, and for the more combat-ready guys, you know, all the guys that are the front-line dudes, they can run around with grenades strapped to their chest. <laughs> yeah, and I... Th- I think that's the reason why they ended up putting like ozone in there because it too looked like it could be a spacesuit yeah. just because they didn't have the spacesuit figures necessarily available that they wanted. Bro, it goes for all of the eco warriors, like maybe barring Flint, and we'll get into his design in a bit. But like, yeah, man, all of them are enclosed head to toe. Some of them have removable helmets. I'm surprised Clean Sweep didn't make for an astronaut figure. But uh, just so we can cap off barbecue, it seems like the figure was always missing a paint application around that visor, which I kind of miss now. It would make him look a little less like an old-school Hydra, no, AIM trooper. <laughs> yeah, if you look at all the eco-warriors, they're all missing key paint apps. Um, but I think it was just a cost saving feature because like the ribbed boots that Flint's wearing, those were supposed to be yellow. Oh, say nothing about his, his, his poor, uh, helmet translation. I mean, that the top half too. is supposed to be a painted visor and the other eco warriors in, in the sort of first series had painted uh, aspects of their helmets. Unfortunately, Flint seems to have been shortchanged and the mesh at the bottom should be it should stand out. It should be something different, but instead it's... Yeah, man, that helmet is nowhere. No, I think it was a cost-saving measure. Um, I mean, it's good that at least Clean Sweep's helmet did get the paint apps. You know, uh, that would have looked truly abysmal if that had been all yellow, like yeah. Flint's was. Gross. But, you know, mm. it's like all toy companies, they got to compromise somewhere. I have and seen catalog images, though, with uh, that visor painted in on Flint. Europe got a, a catalog where he's sort of like leaping between buildings. <laughs> yeah, and if you notice in those pictures, the boots, uh, the top of the boots are painted yellow. The Sludge Vipers uh, details on uh, his arms and legs were supposed to be painted separate colors. The Toxo Viper was supposed to have a couple extra colors. Um, but I think when it came right down to it, they were investing in a whole new, you know, this whole sub team is nothing but brand new sculpts, brand new weapons. Mm. And, uh, uh, the only other reuses that they were doing were, uh, was the septic tank and, the the awe striker in the, in the captain planet colors. Um, so yeah, I think it was just cost saving. I, I I've seen lots of customs though. Paul and Cujo. Do you guys want to discuss perhaps your favorite characters of the Eco Warriors? <laughs> characters slash figures. I mean, I know they don't necessarily line up for me, but uh, you know, whichever ones uh, have per- you have a personal affinity for. Let's let's talk about those. 
Uh, Cooch, you want to go first, man? I haven't heard your voice enough yet, dude. Oh, thank you, brother. Um, sure. I'm not. I'm only gonna talk one and maybe two eco warriors because they're not really in my element. But I'll start Blasphemy. with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start with Deep Six. You guys were just talking about him. He. If his colors were tweaked, he'd almost have a horror feel because you can't get a read off that face. It's almost. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) Well, they came out. The guy that made Resident Evil, uh, Shinji Mikami, I think, made a a game called The Evil Within. And it Mm -hmm. had a villain who had a box around his head. And that's all I can see after I've seen that. So Deep Six is definitely a figure that I could incorporate with my kind of play structure. But those bright colors, I mean, you'd have to be on some kind of oil rig or something. Like, how do you play with that? That's my question. I've always defended colorful uh, palettes on deep sea diver characters as the fact that, like, you know, the deeper you go, the more the colors get washed out. So anything on sort of the white end of the spectrum gets pushed more towards looking white. And anything on the dark end of the spectrum gets pushed towards black. So basically, if you can imagine him in black and white, that's probably how you'd see him down there. And they are safety suits. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, biohazard suits, they're not subtly colored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely so, that. so you're saying these guys are cleaning up a mess and then they get attacked? Like, these are action suits, or are they clean-up suits? Yeah, I think they're reactionary, aren't they? Both. Both. They're, they're reactionary <laughs> to sort of Cobra's efforts to destroy the environment and destabilize the planet that way. Uh, but they're meant to, to be able to defend themselves while they're on the job. <laughs> Speaking of hitting hashtags... <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, attitude on Finback, Kuj? You can't not mention the dolphin. Mm, that's a good point. And uh, did you take a gander at his his card art? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like vomiting all over you, man. <laughs> yeah, I do, the the dolphin doesn't do anything for me. What? I'm sorry to say. His his hollow dead dead eyes and his sharp sharp teeth. You're telling me that when you were growing up, you never once wanted an action figure of Flipper the friendly dolphin. This was your chance. <laughs> well, dolphins do have a checkered past. They do. They get a little too friendly in the ocean sometimes. So I can see that. They're very friendly. (laughs) That's disgusting. Especially Um, on scuba divers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's another reason not to go scuba diving. Other than the water. Maybe Deep Six likes that. Uh, You know he's unpersonable with with human beings. This is a family show. Stop that. (laughs) I was going to say, his file card does say he doesn't like people, and he likes spending time in the ocean away from things. Well, maybe well, he, he, he found love. He found love. <laughs> back. Dolphin rape. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. That that uh, that is going to be quick. All right. All right. I'm glad wow. I got to go before me because this conversation would have gotten here quicker. <laughs> so, wow. What about you? I'm going to talk events and community later. What do you got, Paul? My favorite eco warrior <laughs> is actually putting back. I mean, like. <laughs> Screw the Joes and the Cobras. Finback is the best eco-warrior of them all. In fact, he's the one who's got the most invested. I mean, if, if Finback can't do the, get the job done, he's the one who suffers the most. Him and, and you know, his aquatic friends. No, I'm kidding, yeah. guys. I actually oh, only yeah. discovered um, 
Deep Six version 3 and Finback and all of that when I got the uh, first edition of Mark Bellamo's Ultimate Guide to G.I. Joe. So I, and until then, I actually never knew that the toy existed. And just to put things in perspective for you, I got that book sometime, I think it was around its release, so what, 2008 or 2007 or something around there, that, that time. That was the first time I was actually exposed to it. But my ultimate favorite eco-warrior of all time, without a doubt, is Cesspool. I know he's a bad guy, but that was the first one I got. I remember staring at the card art. They had, um, I popped into the CNA at the Randridge um, Mall shopping center, and I remember like just going into, going to look at the toys as I always do, and they had core and all that stuff, and I saw, wow, what are these guys? These brightly colored um, dudes, like what's, what's, what's the whole deal with them? And I remember looking through all of them and seeing that they had color-changing gimmicks and whatever, and I don't know what it is, but I think Cesspool's face is just so ugly that I just wanted to own the toy. And he had that cool uh, chainsaw. And uh, if, just, you, if you yeah, look at his him. card art, the likeness in the card art is based on one of the Hasbro guys at the time named Vinny D'Oliva. And he uh, was the marketing director, I think, for Kenner. And then he was brought in when, when Kenner merged with Hasbro. And okay. his file name is also <laughs> Vinny D'Oliva. So yeah. that, that that file card art is definitely Vinny's face. It's very strange. Real uh, yeah, just He's a badass. He's a badass character. And that Cobra symbol on his on his suit, there's nothing <laughs> like that else anywhere mm. in the line. That was such a badass figure. I think no, it is he's <laughs> your favorite as well, then, Jay. Um my favorite Cobra is definitely cesspool uh my favorite of the joes is um ozone and hmm. i'm not really sure why other than again his face sculpt is based on dave kunitz who worked at hasbro at the time whose face was also used as a model for thrasher uh it's just later on he grew a beard so they used his face for ozone but i always liked the character uh, I mean, I don't know. He was just cool looking. And I liked his strange vacuum cleaner that he had. <laughs> and he, he was just cool looking. Did you use it as a vacuum cleaner in-game? Yeah. Yeah, I used it as as uh, as a cleanup instrument because the lab samples, uh, you know, he would, you know, he'd vacuum it up and then take it back to the lab and Clean Sweep would do his, ana- his analysis on it. Hmm. Okay. You guys have played the Simpsons yeah. arcade game. So, Smart. I just, but this was such like a cool set for me. Like I got some really good memories with this because between my buddy Dave and I, we actually had the whole set. Um, sans well, the, the septic tank wave. and so and version two. Yeah, we never got uh, wave two. I never saw wave two in South Africa. Yeah, so. it, it didn't reach us. So uh, my vistas were also pretty pretty limited. Uh, my first was also my favorite, and that would be Clean Sweep. Who I also got at a CNA. Like my buddy and I went uh, the, the same day to purchase a, a figure each. Uh, he went and got Cloudburst and the 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 you know the, the glider, and I yeah. wanted Clean Sweep Man because it, the <laughs> the packaging touted that the the water squirting cannon really shoots, and he's shooting his pistol on the, uh, the uh. card art. So I thought like. How did they make this happen? What alchemy is this? Can they make this tiny little pistol shoot water? I gotta find out. To my disappointment. They lied. 
it was in reference to the the sludge sucking robot, but they they got my dollar, man. And interestingly enough, since there were no instructions in the packaging, I <laughs> didn't attach that control arm to his backpack as as it was supposed to be intended. At least I don't think there were instructions. Maybe I ripped them. You know the the sort of the little computer supposed to slot into his backpack as a two piece. Yeah, because there's a there's a slot on the backpack. I pushed his pistol in there. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, like yeah. a like a holster. That makes sense. Yeah. I I had a bad tendency when I was a kid to open the figures and lose accessories. So I'm willing to bet I don't have clear memories, but I'm willing to bet that the computer arm I probably lost that early on. Uh, so uh, it was never attached either. Um, never open in the car. I didn't lose the computer arm because my computer arm got pushed into the screw hole of the robot. I attached it directly to the robot. Hey, that makes sense too. I mean, the slot was big enough. Hey, that makes sense to me. It was. It, um, it's a tight fit. Uh, so woe betide you try and articulate said. it. Ha ha ha. God. Um, <laughs> We're never, ah. never going to get over that. Um, but it, it is a tight fit, but you can actually push it into the screw hole. Uh, it's so tight that if you try and articulate it, you'll break it, which is exactly what happened to mine. And that's how well, I lost. I bet, <laughs> I bet Deep Six could give a mean headbutt. Yeah, man. Pancake your face. Yeah. Blood on his, uh, on his screen. Bust out the squeegee. But what also had, a, had an appeal for me was because at that stage of my collecting, I really just gravitated towards characters that had removable helmets, and detailed removable helmets particularly. You know, the fact that they had paint applications and accents on their helmets made them dead ringers for the cost of mask. <laughs> I think, in fact, like, like um, Clean Sweep was my de facto Alex Sector, uh, Jack Rabbit's mask. Yeah, that that is like super clear when you see that because I mean, like I would also totally have made that. No, what am I t- talking about? Jack Jack Rabbit's the one who comes with the motorbike, hey? No, he's the 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 bald dude with the beard. Okay, no, I'm just trying to remember because I've got a small figure from Mask, um, still, and he's in yellow and he looks very much like Clint Brad Smith. Turner. Got, yes, that's with the one. Yeah. Condor, <laughs> Hocus Pocus oh, mask on. Well, there we go. That's yeah. So that's like the immediate like connection. I I make not that I made it back then. It's just like when you mention it now, I was like, oh yeah, that was great like segue that. in there. Uh, animated appearances for the Eco Warriors. Anyone got uh, uh, any anything they want to weigh in on with the uh, the Deke series? Mm, no, I think the <clears throat> I think the less said about that, the better. Infested Island was a pretty bad pair of episodes <laughs> what did fascinate me about the eco warriors is deke sort of elevated them from a subset to being their own like team they had their own headquarters like the eco warriors <laughs> all three of them were like bumbling around this enormous headquarters all to their own and uh, you know being under attack from cesspool and the sludge vipers and toxic vipers that's a pretty bold move to make essentially just three members of the joe team their own thing see yeah. it's too bad you guys never got wave two because you would have had two more people to occupy offices in that headquarters <laughs> and uh, a, a sixth to to jump into the pool i mean you know don't forget old finn back hell dude as you as you so rightfully do it you're in your tattoo you said you added uh, Snowstorm and Outback. 
Yes. They're sort of battle core versions. Nice. Yeah, they were supposed to be eco warriors. Uh, uh, the same way uh, there was supposed to be the number the another wave of <clears throat> the DEF, but when the sub teams when those sub teams were canceled, yeah, they just moved the figures as is into the battle core. What was um, your what was the what was their angles basically like what what roles would they have fulfilled on the team? Um, uh, well, all right. When I was a kid, um, I didn't have either of them until a little later. I was a kid that never actually grew up. I didn't stop buying toys ever, um, but I just never saw them in the stores because we were moving around a lot and. Um, so I missed those figures. I missed a lot of battle core until afterwards. And when I did get them, I, the only thing I could think of with, with Outback was as a survivalist, he probably would be pro environment. And if you look at him, you definitely get the sense that he's kind of, he kind of looks like an operative of like one of the, the real world environmental groups like the Sierra Club or Earth First, where they kind of they're activists. They go out and they protect the planet um, as civilians. And that's kind of what Outback looked like. Snowstorm, I think, was just a natural extension of what the rest of the eco warriors were. The polar caps are melting. Yes, thank you. I, and, you know, if if Cobra's got their, if they got the Toxic Vipers and the Sludge Vipers, uh, you know, at the polar capsule, you know, they need a guy for the snow to do what the Eco Warriors were doing. So I think he was a, I think he was a great fit, but I think it was an interesting choice to uh, repaint him the way they did in the Battle Corps. Uh, when they did the third version in the gray and black, I think that's a great snow trooper on its own. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, man. Well, it is an interesting look. Um, I just always think, like, surely the gloss on that faceplate is just going to mist up in the snow. And anyways, that's me. Mm, I always figured it probably had an internal filtration system <laughs> to keep it fog-free, but... I don't know. I wear glasses every time I open the oven uh, or I go outside when it's cold and I go inside and my glasses fog up. Yeah, that annoys me. So I can see where you're coming from on the helmet. Totally, dude. Hot breath, cold air on the outside. It's just... Yeah. You're going to mist them up? Simple. Well, okay. Where does that leave us? Uh, comic book appearances for the Eco Warriors were they handled well uh, or not really? I think so. They definitely used Larry Hama. Definitely used Cesspool um, as more <clears throat> as more the uh, the shady businessman who mm. uh, probably worked for the chemical companies and had no qualms about dumping the. Uh, you know, the environmental waste wherever he felt like dumping it. And that's kind of what they did in the comic was they foiled his plan and, and they shut his business down because he was just outright uh, polluting. And, you know, they kind of put it in more of a real world, you know, less over the top context. And I think it worked. Um, that storyline was definitely written because they told Larry Hama he kind of had to do the eco warriors, which is why 
uh, I think those issues were split between the DEF, the Ninja mm. Force, and uh, and the Eco Warriors. And then later on, the Ninja Force started to get you know their own storylines because Ninja Force was sticking around and the other sets weren't. Mm. Um, but I think the way they, I think the way he used them in the comic was about as well as it could have been done. Mm. I mean, at the time that the set came out and those comics were being written. It was a time where there was a lot of pro-environment propaganda going out in the world, and that's where the Save the Earth uh, slogan started, and it was kind of a play on that. And let's face it, it was an answer to Captain Planet, which was the same thing, but G.I. Joe was trying to find the footing. in your hands. Uh, dude, there was no contest. I passed on absolutely every Captain Planet and the Planeteers action figure because G.I. Joe was where it was at. They might have been following the trend at that time, but like instead of those stupid weak-ass rings, G.I. Joe still had guns, man. Like they were taking this seriously. It was integrated into the struggle against Cobra. Well, and I I think Hasbro handled it as well as they could. I mean, you know, G.I. Joe didn't have a lot of... Uh, competition in the toy aisles when uh, during the vintage line for a lot of it until the 90s. I mean, there were lots of other toy lines, but nothing that could stand up to the power and the sales that G.I. Joe had. And Mm -hmm. then in the 90s, when uh, big things, you know, the environmental movement was starting and Mm -hmm. Captain Planet was a direct way of making the propaganda for it. Hasbro had to answer it somehow. And it was the same thing with the Ninja Force. It was kind of a response to the Power Rangers. You know, it's all from that same era. Mm. And uh, it was also in the era of the late 80s and early 90s where D.A.R.E. was becoming... uh, D.A.R.E. stood for the drug abuse resistance. No, we we Uh, used to see it in all the arcade machines. Exactly. It, it, It was in the elementary schools in the United States. It was a big movement... It was an extension of Nancy Reagan's just say no uh, policies that she had uh, to just they were trying to curb the drug problems. And they figured that if they could appeal to kids and tell them about the dangers of narcotics when they're kids, that maybe when they got older, that they would just be able to resist, you know, that they wouldn't want to do drugs. And it was propaganda. Oh, if only they could see us now. Yeah, but well, you know, uh, I actually read something <laughs> about that. Uh, it wasn't recently. I, I remember reading. Uh, it's actually two things uh, to add to this uh, that are from the '90s. Firstly, apparently, Dare is an epic failure for them. They actually said that statistically, they think no that shit. Dare actually what? No shit, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, they actually reckon Dare actually got more people to try drugs than uh, than not. Uh, apparently, yeah. like, there's some statistic that says that that was the case, and then, um, but then on a more positive note, uh, I read yesterday there was a, an article that was put out, um, and I I did actually go and do my research on this, but apparently all of these like, you know when they like say oh you know in the year 2020 you know the world's gonna have these problems because of pollution etc. Um, and there were these statistics that were let out. They were came out last week, Thursday or something. Anyway, they basically uh, disproved, well, not disproved, but a lot of the doomsaying about our planet 
has actually turned out not to happen. So it's like, for example, uh, something about, you know, the, the climate, the, the ocean's temperature or whatever actually hasn't risen as much um, as they thought it would. And in fact, it's actually getting to, it's in a much better state now than it was 10 years ago and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So there's a lot of things happening in our environment on our planet that are actually like good. They're like, they're better than people expect with the quality uh, of... Paul, be careful of, of blatant hearsay on this topic, man. We no, don't no, no, know no, no. on the uh, ground what's happening. We don't, do know that the Great Barrier Reef, or I know that the Great Barrier Reef is shrinking at an alarming rate. That's no, this is true. I'm not saying... Yeah, 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 I'm not saying that... No, 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 don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that the world, that it's like, it's better. Like, oh my God, you know, like all of this worrying is like for nothing. What I was actually going to say is... You mean... What the... You mean it's not as dire, it's not as dire as people made it out to be. No, Some people believe is it why. is, but... No, but this is why. It's because um, businesses and us as a public have started taking responsibility for it. And they reckon if we didn't do that, if we, if we didn't start um, putting controls on emissions and things like that when we did, the world would have been even worse than they predicted it to be. So Maybe. it's kind of like... All of this so a lot of this like sort of awareness that was created in the nineties about pollution and things like that apparently has paid off because people are more uh, like uh, like aware of of the ecosystem and they are aware of like how bad plastic bags are and they are aware of how bad emissions are and you know as uh, many people are starting to sort of find ways into living more uh, into li living greener lives. And that's actually why there's an improvement. It's not like, oh my word, like, yeah, we can celebrate it. It's, it's like, wow, we, we are in the green now. But it's kind of like, wow, if we hadn't done those things, we would have actually been far worse off now. So mm -hmm. apparently we're going in the right direction. But yeah, it, and mm -hmm. Stephen just mentioned Great Barrier Reef. And for those of you listening, um, if you enjoy documentaries, there's a fantastic documentary called Our Planet. It's beautiful. It's really, really well shot. I just warn you, dear listener, it is very heart-wrenching, and it definitely makes you hate the human race because we are messing up this planet. And, yeah. So I don't want to get too, like, hippie right now. But, yeah. yeah. Hey. Because it's starting too preachy, like, we can all make a little difference in our day-to-days. Uh, this this was a topic about eco-warrior toys, but, like, yeah, we can't not mention the fact that, like, if you have the option of you know getting a bicycle and and ch changing your commute uh, habits do it to use public transport uh say no Easy, to plastic Steven. Hey, man. Easy, Steven. plastic straws plastic carrying bags you can do without them bring your own bags to the the supermarkets why not yeah it's something that a lot of south africans actually do it's actually very common in South Africa for people to bring their own shopping bags. Well, wasn't it Kenya that spearheaded the no plastic bags? And now Australia do it as well. You can't get a plastic bag at the supermarket anymore. You have to either buy their, um, you know, more than single-use bags or bring your own. I'm all for yeah. that, man. Because of Paul's contribution, I can now legitimately use... The hashtag climate change. Nice job, guys. <laughs> um, and also, if anybody's wondering and you want to do your bit for the planet, uh, there's also G.I. Joburg, the tote bag, available on Teespring. <laughs> so for all of your shopping needs, get yourself a tote or two. Tell everybody that you love G.I. Joe and G.I. Joburg with a G.I. Joburg tote bag. 
dude, Teespring should do like aluminium straws with uh, with GI Joburg along the edge. Wouldn't that I be can't cool? wait for them to be available. I'm hoping oh, that they make that. There is there is some buzz around the GI Joburg leggings or whatever those things are. Can anybody <laughs> confirm if they're a good fit or good quality? Let us know. They are good quality. That I, that I do know. They are uh, good have you quality. tried them on, Paul? Because you've got to put them on. You've got to bend your head between your legs <laughs> and look at your ass in the mirror. If you can see definition of your gooch, then unfortunately oh. it's a no-go. <laughs> is it Snake Eyes version 5? I think that has that G.I. Joe print on his leg. That's actually what inspired those leggings. Um, yeah, dude, I saw that they, they had like, leggings. At that price, they've got to be like Nike standard or as, oh, no, the dude, ladies, totally... as, as the ladies would know Lorna Jane you know they have to be yeah. of a sufficient quality that you do not like you know they don't stretch and you start seeing ass no I I agree um and from what I understand they are actually the good ones because I did do some research on them they are the the non-see people's ass type um but <laughs> you try uh, those on but dude leggings are like crazy ridiculously expensive like generally like everywhere so i gotta say that like i think ours aren't too bad compared to like what's in the shops because damn <laughs> um yeah but uh but that is a good uh I, as soon as i can get myself a pair because the problem is if you're in south africa um and you order clothes from an international uh, from an online store uh they obviously have to register it on the box they have to say it's clothing right and in south africa they don't like it when you import clothing. So they put on like a ridiculous tax. So you could buy a t-shirt for $20 and then you'll get hit about 40 to $50 to clear that t-shirt in customs. And that's on top of the shipping that you've already paid. So yeah, buying t-shirts. there are listeners who are wondering what the hell we're talking about right now, shameless plug time. Go for it, Paulie. Talk merch. Uh, so... G.I. Joburg, like, realized that there's a lot of people that obviously dig our merchandise and want to have some of our merchandise. Um, and then being a creative type, I like having a place to put my creativity, especially my G.I. Joe-related stuff. Um, so I decided to make a Teespring store. Link in the description below. Um, and that is our G.I. Joburg official Teespring store, where we have our G.I. Joburg logo slapped onto a few various items like phone covers, the tote bag, the leggings, as mentioned, um, different qualities and varieties of T-shirts and tank tops, as well as hoodies and baby clothes, because I figured some of you are out there might want to put G.I. Joburg on your little baby or little Take kids. Pictures. Yeah, so, and if you do that, yeah, if you guys do that, please post pictures. I'd love to see that and tag us in it. Um, but we, I've also made the, uh, sort of the Iron Grenadier available as well as the, uh, Snake Eyes artwork that I originally did. I, I did a, a Snake Eyes artwork for a t-shirt that I handed over to Larry Homer. Um, but the thing is that artwork is just too cool. And so I made a range of shirts and stickers and stuff based on that artwork as well. So you can go and check that all out there. The t-shirts are about, I think they range from 22 to about $25, but uh, they're very, very high quality. I think the, the best quality is the Teespring premium fit t-shirts. So, and they like, uh, they are high quality cotton and they just 
beautiful. I think they're 190 grams, if I'm not mistaken, which in my You're recent... You're getting a little detail in, the, brother. I, I want to know just... what forthcoming artwork you might have uh, planned, Paulie. And by the way, I fully authorize you to use my uh, my exclusive eel <laughs> artwork because that is just too cool to, please, to please. not have have uh, wide distribution. Well, if you say I can, I will because I love that artwork and it is like it's one of the few artworks that I've done recently where I'm like, oh my god, I did that. Um, so I've got tweak an eel. The colors. Tweak the colors. Tweak the colors. Well, I've got an eel version one and an eel version two actually. Um, and the eel version two has got its RoboShark with it, so I can have those up in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this podcast, the eel version, the eel shirts will be available. Um, and I also have a Storm Shadow shirt that's coming out soon. Um, so that's so stay tuned for that. I've already finalized the artwork. I'm just uh, printing it. Well, I've asked a friend of mine to print it locally next run, so I can see how it prints. Yeah. Do you want to tag me in for a second? Hold on. And Paul runs to the end of the ring. And he tags Cujo. Cujo jumps in. What's going to happen now? Is this it for The Undertaker? <laughs> the on. crowd doesn't know what to do. Um, no, uh, just along that note, like, it's it's time it's time to, to help indie creators around you. I, I don't think that's a weird thing to say. Um, just because, does the mouse need more money? Like, how many times are you going to see Endgame? Break one of those viewings off. And kick a dollar to Joe on Joe, kick a dollar to when it was cool. Um, just because it, these these people are, are grinding, same as you. And uh, I, I think it's a good idea to support local again. I mean, I know, I know it's not a new concept, but if you, if you can if you can drop for some GI Joeberg leggings or see somebody wearing them at a local Walmart or something, yeah, definitely hashtag it. Dude, I would I would wear those GI Joe leggings. I mean, it's like that's half a Snake Eyes outfit right there. <laughs> so, oh, dude, I'm gonna get some for my lady, definitely. Totally, dude. There is a GI Joe meetup, uh, May Cinco de Mayo, May fifth. If you're in Southern California, maybe kind of take a little road trip to Lake Elsinore. That's not a bad scene. They got wildflowers out there. So, uh, yeah, mm. I think the SoCal Joe show. Uh, you got some Joe talent like Jamie Sullivan. I'm always keen to chat him up. Um, and I think you got Buzz Dixon too. So you, you know how I feel about him. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good scene. They always sell out of their customs. Uh, I think they have a, a special Viper this year. So if, if you're wanting to just get out, uh, SoCal Joe show, Lake Elsinore, look up the details. I think it's from like 10 to three early bird, a little bit earlier, but, yeah, if if you got a GI Joe itch, uh, it's a good scene. Take your lady, take your family, take your dude, whatever. Uh, take, let's see. Bring your human. <laughs> yes. Uh, Man, I love Eco Warriors. They are so cool. I'm like literally two away from finishing version one. Ooh. Which who is do you need? cesspool. Who do you need? Um, I need cesspool and a Toxo Viper. Because thanks to you, I have a Sledge Viper, and I've got everybody else. So yeah. I need cesspool in my life, man. <laughs> this is Steve from the future speaking to you from the past of the future. <laughs> Whatever. At some point in the recording, technology failed us and JD dropped out uh, and we could not get him back. 
He sends his apologies from the future in the past to you <laughs> for, uh, for, for unexpectedly falling out. We tried our best to get him back, but uh, we were up against a rather hard deadline in terms of when we had to stop the recording. So we couldn't actually complete our chat. And while I have the microphone, it might seem like I'm harping a bit much, but I do feel like anyone who has a soapbox kind of has an obligation to do it. You know, it might seem like one more plastic bag, or just another straw, or just another plastic earbud, plastic cotton bud, Q-tip. But there are 7.4 billion of us on this planet. A little difference in each one of our lives can have a profound impact. That's enough preaching from me. Go eco-warriors. There was some funny shit going on in that episode. I was enjoying most of it. <laughs> we can't talk about Finback without talking about dolphin rape. Oh my god. Oh my god. We really can't. We are such children. <laughs> I'm actually well, I'm just, okay I'm just glad let's never mature let's never become too serious. It's it's a good it's a good rule. Well, I mean, I ran into an ex of mine today. Uh. It was a surreal experience in high school. <laughs> oh, um, wow. And she always used to give me shit. Like, she always used to say, she always used to call me Peter Pan. And I'm like, and then, like, today it's quite funny. She actually said, you're so lucky that you've managed to keep that inner child in your life. And I'm like, I know. I'm just sorry it's taken you so long to see that. Not <laughs> all of me is a child. Yeah, just well, so you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's married. She's ironically married to a friend of mine that used to go to high. Oh, uh, one of my high school friends. Um, it's quite funny. Quite a funny situation, actually. Hello, Campbell. <laughs> oh, that damn dog. Yeah, no, the neighborhood is erupted with barking. I don't know what the hell is going on. These dogs today. Steve, yeah. you guys haven't seen Endgame, have you? Yeah, yeah, nice sword. Oh. oh, okay, cool. I'm um, just. Yeah. Getting that out of the the way. Yeah, just before I say something, I don't want to. I know you've muted yourself, Kurt, but have you seen it? I'm back. Um, I have not. I I. Okay, we'll keep it on the down low. Oh, it's mm. okay. I've I've already kind of looked at spoiler stuff. To be honest, like, yes, I will watch it, but I'm I'm right. I'm waffling on popular culture right now. Like, that's why I'm kind of preaching, like, indie creators, because... What does that verb mean? Just, Waffling. It just means I'm almost done with it. Like, mm. I'm not... I have no interest in seeing the next Star Wars. I I kind of like the fact that Thanos took half the world. I'm not really... I don't really care if it gets resolved. Hmm. So, I mean... Kujo, hmm. once again, playing the villain. A little bit... I'm not trying to be a contrarian. I'm not trying to be... I, I, I just see it. I just see it, and I go, I don't like it, you know? What, you don't like 50% of the world? Which is the 50% no. of this podcast that you like? Hey, hey, hey. No. <laughs> That's funny. But we should have a podcast called the Thanos Snap. Thanos Snap half the podcast away. jeez. Oh, um, no, I, I just... Uh, Does that mean it's just me? Boom. <laughs> No, I, I, I just, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to throw, you know, I, I say enough shit. I'm not gonna labor anything. I, when I've kind of been going to conventions and interviewing people, the most rewarding conversations are like 
people on the come up and people that I can maybe boost their signal. Cause I like, just a lot of, there's a lot of the new creators and people are such in a contentious environment. It's not a fun conversation, that kind of thing. So I am just kind of, I'm like, I think in the next chapter, I'll just be trying to bump indies and, and, and create visibility for a little bit. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I don't want to go. I, I'll save all of my in-game excitement for when we do, like, maybe an in-game feature episode or something. Because mm. I'm still sort of collecting a lot of my thoughts, but it's not bad. Like, I mean, my, my thoughts aren't bad. Oh, my thoughts are wonderful. I, I, I'll, I'll say two things, uh, neither of which are spoilers, so don't click away, dear listener. I saw in-game with my wife after doing a MCU marathon. And, like, unlike the original trilogy Star Wars films, which we used to watch, like, you know, like, once a week, basically, the MCU films don't have that immediate rewatchability because there's so damn many of them. It's not like they're free, yeah. and that's all you get for a decade and a half. Basically, like, you, you're spoiled for choice, and because you're spoiled for choice, you almost, as a result, don't rewatch any of them. But Kim and mm. I took the kind of the the Cats in America POV on uh, the the MCU. So we started with First Avenger, then the Avengers, then Winter Soldier, then uh, Age of Ultron, uh, Civil War, and then Infinity War. So yeah, it was very rewarding to do a rewatch, even just a snapshot mm-hmm. rewatch like that. So, I mean. Shit, we could have started with Iron Man, but, like, who's got the time for that? So I, I would suggest <laughs> I would suggest doing what I did, because it, it will always be rewarding. It will always pay itself off. That is the joy of uh, structuring a shared universe like this. There is merit in seeing everything, uh, re-watching everything, soaking in all the little details, because Endgame did the, the impossible and paid off everything in a satisfying way like a film with that much level of expectation weighted on it is almost set to fail it's got to fail it's doomed to fail how could it match our expectations in our heads well for me it did and it demonstrated that it can be done holy shit i can't believe it cinematic history made once again yeah i gotta say i i i agree with you on that like i think um I think it was quite the feat of like directing, actually, like to make a to make that film coherent with everything that was going on in it is very impressive. Mm. Like, and it was very impressive to watch. It was very rewarding as a viewer, at least for this viewer, it was. Mm. I mean, obviously dealing with that many characters, there's going to be a bit of clunkiness, but they paid off the important ones in the most delightful, delicious, and 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 touching ways. So yeah, man, it had a lot of heart. It had to, and it did. It, nothing felt banal or forced. I don't know. Maybe it won't stand up to a rewatch. I haven't seen it twice yet, but I'm definitely going to. Sorry, Cooge. I'm gonna give the mouse my money, brother. <laughs> Just don't give it to him multiple times. Like I already said, I'm going to. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, I don't care about half the world. I think it's more to the point that, like, I feel like the series resonates more if there's not a happy ending. Because it just feels closer to where we're at. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. 
No, I, I know where you're coming from. It's, it's a bit more of a nihilistic approach as well. Like, if you don't mind my saying, sorry, Cooch, I'm not oh, trying well, to we like... We said we weren't going to yeah. talk in-game on this show, and we... And we, now we, we are! To, we, we, oh. couldn't, we couldn't help ourselves. That's all you're going to hear uh, about it. Unfortunately, mm. JD has uh, gone AWOL, so we're going to have to put our Eco Warriors chat on hold, because I know you guys wanted to talk about the separate oh, tank. Oh, there's more. <laughs> the Eco Striker yeah, and... Yeah. The Toxo Lab. Uh, maybe we'll find some other guests to talk about that sort of thing with. But uh, for now, this is our Eco Warriors special, uh, saying it's gonna be a two-parter. Oh yeah, so you have to stick Oh yeah, that. just like Eco Warriors, there's just two like sets. Environmental concerns. They will, they will keep popping up. They are that green itch that will never go away because the battle is ongoing. And remember, the power is yours! Hey, there's a degree of separation there. Don Cheadle played uh, Captain Planets, and Don Cheadle says <laughs> Jim Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine. Yes. Woo! And if you That's haven't right. seen Don, Don Cheadle playing Captain, Mar- uh, Captain Planets, yeah, you Jim absolutely Planet. need to. <laughs> a Freudian slip there. Oh, Kim absolutely loves Captain Marvel, by the way. How can I hate on her with uh, my wife loving loving her so much? I get to see it through I haven't a seen woman's it yet, eyes. So. So. Oh, no, no, I'm talking about I Captain Marvel. I haven't seen it yet, and I love Captain game. Marvel. Yeah, dude, so. uh, like, whatever. I can overlook the flaws. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with what it represents. You know, having an OP female is kind of what needs to happen. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It has to happen. Yeah. Like, well, even, I even mean, if it real, seems... The real un... conversation... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Sorry about that. No, no. Like, a lot, a lot of people level the criticism that it wasn't earned and it was like another Mary Sue situation. You know, she just kind of arrived and she's got this all-powerful sort of world-beating ability. You know? And they, they level the criticism that it was a fast track... But Captain Marvel was always that. She was always this kind of like, yeah, she's around to just make sure Marvel Comics holds on to the rights to that name, basically, if you if you follow the legalities of it. So she was always kind of like a placeholder and not particularly earned. But this is the opportunity we have at making something of her. And she's already yeah. made enormous waves. Um, as I say, Kim Kim adores her. For just being badass without needing any explanations. Sorry, I've heard a lot of criticism like leveraged against Brie Larson, and I I like Brie Larson. I I liked her. I loved her in Scott Pilgrim. Um, so like I'm I, and I like how she looks as Captain Marvel, and yeah, I've I've had a taste of what she's like as the character in Endgame. So and like hopefully I'm not spoiling anything, but anybody who's watched Captain Marvel knows she's going to be in Endgame, apparently. Um, cause that was already spoiled for me, but anyway, so like, um, yeah, and I think, I don't know. I just always dug her. I, I dug her when she was a male character as well. It's, it's like the character's cool. And the thing is like, everybody's like losing their shit about her. Like, uh, hello, there's the dark Phoenix. The dark Phoenix is also an extremely powerful female character in the Marvel universe. And let's not forget how powerful Gamora and Nebula actually are as well. So let's not go there, <laughs> you know? Like I don't know where no, people come with their criticism. So, yeah. There's a couple. There's a couple ways to chop it up. The first. The first question you have to ask is, which side of the transhumanist movement are you on? Do you 
think the destruction of the classic feminine is a, a good thing or a bad thing. That's the first question. But I would say that the reaction that people have to these movies is not with the action on screen. It's the marketing. The marketing tests the, the, the public. It says, where's the public sentiment at? What, what about a, a kind of a, a woman that will kind of tick certain boxes? And you see the reaction of the public. Well, guys, the woman who takes all my boxes is about to go to work. Uh, I'm going to drive her there because, uh, you know, stay-home husband. Because you're an awesome husband. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Dinner on the table at 7. Uh, so I'm going to love and leave you guys. This has been a G.I. Joburg special report. Save the planet. <laughs> Remember, bring your own bags to the supermarket if you can. Thanks. And, uh, nice. Drive a hybrid. And avoid straws. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, dudes, exactly. Why not start drinking straight from the cup? Save those teeth. If it's a soda, a straw is okay, but recycle that shit. No, if it's recycle, no one recycles straws. Oh my god. Yeah, straws and collecting toys is the ultimate recycling. Hey, that's plastic collecting that gets reused. Toys, absolutely, man. We are finding yeah. love for pre-owned plastic. That's right. There you it's go. not going into a landfill. It's not going through the process of recycling. Because, let's face it, like, recycling isn't the key to victory. Reducing <laughs> and reusing, that that does us a lot more favors than putting something in the fucking recycling bin. I think I can add some more hashtags, guys. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Do you get that, that awesome wife of yours to work? Don't cut down uh, trees. Oh, Smoke them. Make, make sure her slippers and uh, uh, and uh, brandy is ready when she gets home. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oral sex and PlayStation. Hey, good good chat, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. And if you haven't already, see Endgame. Do your thing. Like it's it's worth your dollar. Don't don't sit this okay. one out. Mm-hmm. Peace. Love and Joe Joe Berg Leggings.